Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the J. Moore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey guys, it is John Sue Morley here, serial entrepreneur. Uh, welcome to the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show and welcome to the second week of September. I know it's been a little hot, it's been a little muggy, depending on what part of the country you are in, uh, but it's supposed to be getting cooler in a couple weeks, so uh, don't worry about that. And uh, we have another great show for you guys tonight, um, but if you're new here for the first time, why don't you just go out to... Uh, using your phone, go to the camera app, point over the QR code like so, touch that yellow ellipse. You'll get my link tree as easy as that. If you're not um, watching us, but you're listening to us, then go to BelieveMeAchieve.com for more of my amazing, inspiring creations. All right, guys, let's get right into the first topic. But thank you so much for being here. Uh, whether you're here live and we're here at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 uh, a.m., 3 p.m., 3 a.m., 12 noon, 12 midnight. Whenever you watch, you can always rewatch. Uh, but thank you for uh, making the time to uh, check out the Jay Moore Tech Talk show. All right, let's get right into it, ladies and gentlemen, because we have a fabulous show. Is everyone ready for the for the topic tonight? I know you guys are ready. We we have we have a lot of good topics tonight, and uh, I think you guys are going to be uh, really happy. But first of all, I want to celebrate. We are on. Series two, second year. Well, we're almost going to be in the third year. Show 36 every Friday night. We do this at 5.30 p.m. Eastern. So the first thing I want to talk about is a new spin on speech recognition using AI. All right. So definitely read my article uh, at BelieveMeAchieve.com. Click on John C. Morley's recent articles. And then be sure, ladies and gentlemen, to definitely... Um, you know, uh, check out the article there for a new spin on speech recognition using AI. Now, when we think about this, uh, you might be saying to myself, hey, John, this, this sounds wonky. Well, you have to understand that there's a difference between uh, distinguishing voice recognition from speech recognition. So voice recognition uses technology for the purposes of identifying an individual by their specific voice pattern. Speech recognition is when we use technology to turn spoken words into type text that may later be edited. Um, many people get confused because they, they seem familiar, but they are distinctly different. Um, so back around, I think it was uh, the 1970s, DARPA, the Defense uh, Advanced Research Project Agency, funded uh, Assure, which is a speech understanding research project. And the benefits of Assure uh, gave us the happy speech recognition system from the Carnegie uh, Mellon. And so Harpy could recognize sentences using a vocabulary of 1,011 words, which was about equal to a three-year-old's ability. And Harpy was one of the many to use the HMM, 
the hidden Markov model um, problem, which led to the development of the ASR, the automatic speech recognition, which came about in the 1980s and allowed IBM to offer speech-to-text tools, allowing them to beta test transcription. A uh, commercial speech uh, recognition journey started, Tangora, uh, to then the dragon naturally speaking. So Tangora, uh, when it was adequately trained, was by um, verse to have being able to recognize uh, 20,000 words in English, but was not yet ready for commercial use. Consumer-level ASR development continued in the 1990s, uh, Dragon Dictate, and it was announced as the first commercial speech recognition software. Dragon Dictate sold for about $9,000 to $18,890 in around 2021. Um, until 1997, when Dragon Naturally Speaking was released. And unfortunately, users had to pause between words, or Dragon Naturally Speaking would get confused and not interpret the speech correctly. Um, when 1992 surfaced, AT&T introduced Bell Labs VRCP voice recognition call processing system, or VRCP. It handles about 1.2 billion voice transactions per year. Wow. And um, the main innovations in the development were for voice processing development happened because of Mike Cohen. Now, Mike Cohen was brought on to Google in 2003 to handle the creation of the company's speech-to-text offering. And voice search evolution and podcast transcription is another um, market that uh, emerged. Google announced its service um, called Google Voice Search in 2007. However, it did manage to steal speech data from millions of network users to acquire it for training data. I think that was really bad on Google's part. Around 2010, um, Apple, Siri, and Microsoft's Cortana came up with their flavor of voice speech search. And today, many podcasters are using ASR to transcribe their shows. And by late 2020, transcription will be automated and humans will step in to make minor corrections. So you might be asking me, hey, John, how does robotic process automation work? Well, you know, that's a that's a very interesting thing. Um, and I have a whole separate article. Remember, we talked about, um, you know, how the pizza place is doing it. But ASR, um, accuracy and accessibility. Uh, do you think uh, Knight Industries reviewed uh, Michael and Kit's conversations for accuracy? For those who don't remember, um, Michael Knight was uh, a driver and Kit was his futuristic car, which did all kinds of things to help in processing um, details for them to uh, apprehend a criminal. And he had some of the latest high-tech tools that were probably even higher than the CIA at the time. And everything was always so secretive. And uh, it was interesting how the car would always give, um, you know, Michael information. You know, Michael, I don't know if I would advise that. I'll do it, but I strongly advise against it. And so the technology is no longer just available to large corporations, but also to small companies and even individuals. Now, today, people are using transcription services to take notes during video conference calls, transcribe books, etc. And the two technologies out are voice recognition and speech recognition. Um, and they utilize 
to recognize a specific voice or turn speech to text. Okay. But neither can understand the human meaning of what is said. So we'll dig a little deeper. NLP, uh, natural language processing, refers to a specific functionality of AI that allows computers to understand text and spoken words as a human, as humans do. And NLP takes uh, computational linguistics and statistical ML, machine learning, with DL, deep learning, to give computers the ability to process and understand human language. Now, it's important to note that NLP can also translate type text or spoken words into any language. Now, AI-powered voice assistants we all know, like Siri, Alexa, and Cortana in action, are pretty interesting when they work. Now, um, you may want to compose an email or a text on your iPhone by pressing the microphone button as you talk. The system will listen to what you're saying type them out, make corrections after it analyzes the context of the phrases you speak. It can even do this with you saying something as simple as the name and then send a text to, and it literally can do that. Now, um, IBM's Watson uh, was beyond speech-to-text. IBM's Watson is their speech-to-text technology system which allows you to speak while it quickly transcribes your voice accurately from many languages today watson's integrated ai system can do more than help you convert text to speech or speech to text watson uses a neural network built with node layers and input layer hidden layers and an output layer now each node links to another and as a weight is assigned to it a threshold, and if the output of any single node registers higher than a set threshold value, boomerang, the node actually fires. And of course, transfers the data to the next node. Profanity filtering and speaker diatrization, so did you know that Watson has a word spotting and filtering module that can quickly locate inappropriate words and serve as a profanity filter? It can even handle what they call speaker diatrization which it recognizes who is speaking and puts them on separate channels to know uh, in the dictation who was speaking to indicate that. And it can currently handle up to six different speakers. That's pretty cool. So AI versus traditional systems and speech recognition. If a speech recognition system uses a classical system without a neural network, it may take hours to process instead of minutes with an artificial network. Not to mention a traditional network would not be able to learn and optimize itself as an artificial network can do. Unfortunately, bad actors are out there. Sorry to tell you that. And um, I don't know if you know this, but with just a few seconds of your voice, um, of a couple words being said, they can have their AI system generate almost anything they want you to say. Thus, if you get a call from someone you don't want to that you don't recognize, um, such as the number or there is no number, don't speak first. A simple example would be having them call your bank and play your voice to their ASR phone system. And then, presto, the representative sees the call is verified and starts handing out information willy-nilly because they believe that you have been verified by their so-called system. Yeah. Speech recognition trends and challenges are definitely going to still be around us for a while. Uh, and it's expected to increase by 16.8%, that is the speech recognition industry, between 2021 and 2026, which means we will see an additional 27.16 billion in revenue. Uh, we still have a way to go 
besides becoming more accurate and ensuring that gender, age, languages, dialects, accents, and non-native speakers are correctly recognized without a bias. A significant challenge currently impacting speech recognition technology is background noise. Did you know you can speak many of the things you may want your Apple phone to do? Yeah. How about things like, hey, Siri, set a timer for X minutes. Call, say the name or number. Text, say the name or number. Send. Um, email, read my messages, open app, take a picture, set an alarm for, say the time. Tell me about the weather. How's the traffic today? How much is gas right now? Tell me a synonym for, what is the definition of, when is sunrise, when is sunset, what time is it in say the city and location, how many calories are in, what's in the news. And so notice you would basically precede each one of those statements with, hey, Siri. Now, the evolution of speech recognition from digits to contextual understanding has evolved. Um, starting with 1952 uh, till today, we have come a long way in understanding single digits to AI now being able to understand the context of phrases. Speech recognition may be able to... Uh, be a viable option to help us enhance uh, businesses' services as well as its profit. But remember to keep the human touch in there. That's key. Every time I call the primary wireless provider toward the end of the alphabet, um, it seems like they work harder and harder to make their system less human-friendly and more like a gate that attempts to avoid connecting me to a live person. So I don't know, guys. I think AI's got a long way to go with uh, speech recognition. I'm not going to say it's not going to happen you know, uh, in a few years. It's probably got five or ten years out, but it's not happening tomorrow. There's still a lot of bugs in there, and we know that even though they might be 98 99% accurate, they still have a way to go. And also, the fact that you know systems are going to be able to try to understand, because remember, when we think about words, it's not just what we say. A lot of it is how we say it, the tonality, right? Uh, there was a study done a while back. And if you had to ask the question, what is more important, what we say or how we say it? Well, it's going to be how you say it. That's right. So how do we relate that, ladies and gentlemen? So it's pretty interesting because if you can understand how this works, it'll make a lot of sense. 93% of communication is nonverbal. So if you only focus on what you say, well, you're going to miss uh, the ticket to the game. And so we have to understand that um, if you only focus on you know, what you're saying, that's only 7% of the message. 7% of the message. That's pretty vital. Think about that for a second. What does that mean to you? Well, there are three elements of communication. Okay. The 7%, the 38%, and the 55% rule. One, 7% are the words. Two, 
um, is going to be 38% of tone of the voice accounts for 30%. And 55% of the message equates to, yes, the body language, the nonverbal. So when people are stressing about, you know, I got to say this, I got to say that, of course, it can affect a little bit. But again, 7%. So if I said to you, you did a great job. Thank you. If I said to you, you did a great job. Big difference in feeling, right? Or if somebody wasn't happy with what you did. Seriously, that's how you're going to leave it? Or something like, seriously, that's how you're going to leave it today? Or how about, seriously, that's how you're going to leave this place? See how there's three different meanings? Or how about this one? Seriously. You're going to leave it like that? Four different meanings, right? Very, very cool. So remember that rule. I'll probably do a, a paper on it soon because I think that's a very important thing. 7, 38, 55% rule. It's a very, very important thing. All right. So we've learned a lot about the new spin of AI and also communication. Let's jump over to eFuse. So eFuse is firing people just days after announcing a new league with Mr. Beast. Ouch. Yeah. So just last week, uh, esports technology company eFuse launched the highly anticipated Creator League that was supposed to be featuring prominent influencers such as uh, Bella Poosh, uh, YouTuber Jimmy Donaldson, and of course, we all know Mr. Beast. However, following the controversy surrounding the use of blockchain technology, eFuse has decided to put the project on hold. What happened? Um, well, EFU CEO Matthew uh, Benson um, addressed the, the situation in a statement explaining, I quote, the Creator League was an experiment in creator-led fan-controlled esports. We remain excited about the Creator League and will take some time to reflect on community feedback and refine its structure. As with all ambitious projects, the path toward innovation is winding. We're prepared to keep learning and pushing gaming forward, close quote. So the Creator League introduced the community passes to fans priced at $20 each and reported, um, basically, um, and they associated them with the games and influencers leading teams in the eSports League. These passes granted holders access to exclusive Discord servers, the ability to vote in league-related polls, and participation in select competitions. So, uh, unfortunately, it looks like because of the, again, the controversy of the NFT non-fungible token, uh, they decided to just, let's say, sit this one out. Now, are they done? I don't know. I think they're just going to kind of just, just play it cool for now and see what's going to happen. So, we'll, we'll keep you abreast of that. At least you have a Russian accused of ransomware attacks, including on the Passaic County Town Police Department. What the heck is this? Um, you know, the federal, um, basically, law enforcement officials uh, this past Tuesday said they're offering up to $10 million for information that could lead to the arrest of a Russian national linked to hundreds of ransomware attacks, including one-on-one -on -one Prospect Parks Place Department. Officials with the Department of State said uh, Mikhail Pavlich uh, Madaviv uh, is wanted in connection with hundreds of internet-based scams designed to extort money from U.S.-based victims. He's been charged by federal officials with conspiring to transmit ransom demands, conspiring to, to damage protected computers, 
and intentionally damaging protected computers, court records show. And if convicted, he faces over 20 years in prison. Madaviv's alleged victims included hospitals, nonprofits, and government agencies, said uh, Kenneth A. Polite Jr., the assistant U.S. Attorney General. Uh, Prospect Park Mayor Mohammed um, Kairara, if I'm going to kill his name, said the attacker penetrated the borough's computers by sending a phishing email. And as I quote, that's our understanding, he said, based on what law enforcement and our federal agencies have informed us, close quote. So I think what this is really saying to me, I mean, I'm not saying that the person is not guilty. What I am saying is that we as business owners, as CEOs, CFOs, controllers, um, mayors, um, councils, right? Um, I think we have to really think town administrators, we have to really ask ourselves a question. Are we training ourselves and the staff so that these little things don't pop up? We've all gotten these things where you click. I had one I just shared with you guys last week uh, who I reported. I have it here at my desk. It was the fake uh, telecheck scam. So scams are always out there, and I always try to keep you guys abreast of what's going on. But the fact that they did this, uh, the fact that the Russians came after uh, the police department, I think it's just uh, because we can. And I want to quote, the FBI is steadfast in their commitment to disrupting cybercriminals like Madaviv, said Brian Vordham, assistant director of the FBI's cyber division. The FBI will continue to impose costs on cyber adversaries through our joint collaboration with our private sector and international partners, and we will not tolerate these criminal acts against American citizens, close quote. Uh, officials said um, victims of Lockbit, Babic, or Hive ransomware should contact their local FBI field office for further information. And... Um, of course, you guys can go to stopransomware.gov for some more free information. But, you know, I think if we actually make the choice to stay educated and not be so willy-nilly to just click anything, I think we can mitigate a lot of this. Because this came from a phishing email. If somebody would have known, right, when you go out in public, do you just hand out your credit card number to anybody you don't know? No then why do you just click on things in an email message? Because they're there? No, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. So I think it needs to start with more education and some competency tests to make sure that people actually understand what they were trained on. All right, we'll keep you more on the breast of that. I want to bring back a flash from the past. Royal Canaan was hacked by a ransomware virus. Uh, this, this was a while ago, but I want to bring this up because... Um, they were out of commission for a little over two weeks and, uh, there were a large amount of other companies that were affected as well. And it meant that all orders, uh, were delayed. And if your pet, well, let's say was on a prescription food with Royal Canaan, but you're running out and need more. Well, they asked you to call, um, their doctors so they could recommend a similar diet with Hills or Purina. 
And if you do need to switch, Royal Canaan will compensate you for your troubles with a free bag of food through Royal Canaan. Um, so I think they were doing all the right things. Um, you know, this was crazy how this happened. Uh, a major global cyber attack um, had disrupted computers. And because of what happens, uh, you know, they were even not giving, um, knowing the correct stock. Uh, they were trying to produce deep fakes on the food, right? So I think we have to be vigilant. And I think we all have to realize that this can happen anywhere. But we have to be on our toes. Because, you know, these people attack, you know, when? When we're off guard. When is that? A holiday. Um, maybe it could be even the Memorial Day, like 9-11. Maybe it's when there's a party. Or maybe it's when there's a great thing happening you're celebrating. They look for these times when we don't have our ear to the track. You know what I mean by that? That we can actually hear the train coming from miles by putting our ear to the metal. We can hear it through the vibration of, of the track rails. And our eyes in front of us to see what's coming up. All right, so we'll keep an eye on those things. But I want to let you know that that did happen, and I want to just give you a heads up that it can happen anywhere. There's a new flaw that was recently uh, discovered in devices to spyware infection, according to researchers. And um, this is really causing some issues, and this was found actually um, not too long ago. It was just uh, actually today uh, at about 4.20 this afternoon. Researchers at Digital Watchdog uh, Group Citizen Lab said uh, basically um, on Thursday they found spyware that they linked to Israeli firm NSO that exploited a newly discovered flaw in the Apple device. Now, while inspecting the Apple device of an employee of a Washington-based civil society group last week, Citizen Lab said it found the flaw had been used to infect the device with NSO's Pegasus spyware, as they had made a statement about that. I quote, we attribute the exploit to the NSO group's Pegasus spyware with high confidence based on forensics we have from the target's device, said Bill uh, Markazak, senior researcher at Citizen Lab, which is based at the University of Toronto's Monk School of Global Affairs and Public Policy. He said the attacker likely made a mistake during the installation, which is how Citizen's Lab found the spyware. Citizen Lab said Apple confirmed to them that using the high security feature lockdown mode available on Apple devices blocks this particular attack. And it shows that civil society is once again serving as the early warning system about really sophisticated attacks. Now, the flaw allowed uh, compromising of iPhones running the latest version of iOS 16.6 without any interaction from the victim. The digital watchdog said the new update fixes this vulnerability. So um, looking right now, which is a real good thing to do, I'm just looking at my phone and I'm just checking on the update. And it looks like right now the latest update, which is available, is 16.61. So you uh, definitely want to download that um, because there are problems with the 16.6. Uh, NSO said a statement, quote, we are unable to respond to any allegations that do not include any supporting research, close quote. 
The Israeli firm has been blacklisted by the U.S. government since 2021 for alleged abuse, including surveillance of government officials and journalists. Great, but who cares? They're blacklisted, but why are they still being able to, um, you know, even reach things in the United States? How is that even happening? Why aren't we blocking that whole, I guess we can't block the country. But I feel that, you know, we block it on one side. And then the other side's like, yeah, well, they blocked it, but we're not going to fully block it. Like, like what gives with that? I don't know. So install the 16.61 patch on your phone uh, so that you will not be affected by that Pegasus uh, virus. All right. Lots of great information, ladies and gentlemen. Today. Lots of great information. Mr. Elon Musk. How is Mr. Musk doing these days? Well, last week we heard about him taking the sign down and we thought they were going to jail, but apparently it's a misunderstanding. When they were trying to take the letters down, they get stopped with the letters E-R because uh, he was trying to change it to the X, but uh, they since stopped that and uh, they didn't restart. Musk, uh, Musk actually says he refused the Kyiv request for Starlink use in attack on Russia. So uh, he gave a very stern face on this. And uh, the Washington uh, Reuters said, uh, quoted, according to Mr. Musk, uh, Elon said, and I quote, a Ukrainian request to activate his Starlink satellite network in Crimea's port city of Sevastopol last year to aid an attack on Russia's fleet there, saying he feared uh, complicity in a major act of war. So um, he also said the obvious intent being to sink most of the Russian fleet at anchor. Musk wrote, if I had agreed to their request, then SpaceX would be explicitly complicit in a major act of war and conflict escalation. So the Russian fleet fires uh, cruise missiles at Ukrainian civilian targets and Kyiv has launched attacks on Russian ships using maritime drones. Um, a Pentagon spokesperson declined to comment on Musk's decision, but said, quote, the department continues to work closely with commercial industry to ensure we have the right capabilities Ukrainians need to defend themselves, close quote. That's a nice piece of propaganda, but does it really mean anything? So SpaceX, through private donations and under a separate contract with a U.S. foreign aid agency, has been providing Ukrainians and the country's military with Starlink Internet service, a fast-growing network of more than 4,000 satellites in low Earth orbit since the beginning of the war in 2022. The Pentagon said in June that SpaceX Starlink had a Department of Defense contract uh, to buy satellite services for the Ukraine. All right. So that was uh, pretty interesting. Um, it was interesting that this happened, but I understand why he did it because he didn't want to be caught in the middle of battle because they would probably be coming after him. All right. So a lot of great information here today, guys. A lot of great information. Um, and I want to share with you something else which I think is really cool. Uh, you know how I'm definitely very against any type of, um, uh, let's say, cyber attacks, especially when they deal with child abuse material. And Australia to require an AI-made child abuse material to be removed from search results. And also uh, banning the AI systems 
from being able to create deep fakes of this information. Because remember, the AI system doesn't really know what it is. It has no understanding of law. I mean, it could get there, but right now it has no understanding. And so on September 8th, Australia um, will make search engines like Google and Bing take steps to prevent the sharing of child sexual abuse material created by artificial intelligence. Um, the country's internet regular had just made the statement um, just basically today. And a new code drafted by the industry giants at uh, the government's request will require search engines to ensure that such content is not returned in search results, eSafety Commissioner Julie Inman Grant said in a statement. It will also require that AI functions built into search engines cannot produce, as I said, synthetic versions of, of same material, as she said, or synthetic versions of the said information known as deep fakes. Uh, the code presents an example of how the regulatory and legal landscape surrounding internet platforms is being reshaped by the explosion of new emerging automatic technology that can create lifelike content. Emin Grant said uh, an earlier code drafted by Google owned by Alphabet, the parent company, and Bing owned by Microsoft did not cover AI-generated content. So she asked them to go back to the drawing board. When the biggest players in the industry announced they would integrate generative AI into their search functions, we had a draft code that was clearly no longer fit for purpose. We asked the industry to have another go, Emin Grant added. A spokesperson for the Digital Industry Group, Inc., an Australian advocacy organization of which Google and Microsoft are members said it was pleased the regular had approved the new version of the code. So I think um, this is great that uh, Australia is on the right path. They know what's going on and they understand what AI can do. And I think we've also learned there was a guy, oh, I think he was on oh, a few months ago. He was using ChatGPT, I think it was 3.5 or four at the time, so he was paying to use it. And he um, was asking questions, and one of the questions he asked is, where can I put this money so that I can make the best return on my investment with the least amount of work? Well, ChatGPT came up with some recommendations. They followed them, and the uh, bank that they had, let's say, allocated for this project went bankrupt. It picked stocks that looked interesting, but they just plummeted like overnight. And so that tells me that ChatGPT really doesn't have a definitive understanding to what anything is. It might have some great, let's say, uh, uh, brainstorming capabilities, but it's not something we should use on a regular basis to be our be-all, end-all. Okay, I think that is the biggest thing. If we trust ChatGPT for everything and we don't, let's say, verify it through another process, we're going to be very disappointed because ChatGPT is basing its knowledge on what it's learned, which is not very current, some of it. And also, it's not good with making deductions. Yes, it can look at numbers, but it doesn't have the wherewithal that a lot of people are putting there. Now, it could get there, but it's not there today. Whether we're talking about chat 3.0, 3.5, 4.0, 4.5, 4 
it's still not there. Okay. And the thing about the chat GPT 404.5, it was able to give very specific social media plans and it still failed. There's AI tools out there now that allow people to say, you know, uh, give me uh, a beautiful outdoor scene with fountains, uh, grass, and the more specific you get birds, the more it's able to deduce this information and create it. I don't think that's truly fair. I don't think it's fair. And so my big concern is that it's going to take information from people like us that create information. That's why it's very important to block ChatGPT and the ChatGPT bot from your website. That is so, so like really, really key. Okay. That is so very key. I'll tell you that people don't always understand something, but they think it's so, so great. And I will tell you that everyone's jumping on this because it's the latest and greatest thing for everybody. But it's not necessarily helping us because there's still a lot more work that has to go on. A lot more work that has to go on. And when I say a lot more work, I mean a lot more work. Why? So ChatGPT is a concept, but it's emerging from um, a prototype. Does that make sense, everybody? It's emerging from a pro prototype. And if it emerges from, from a prototype, then we can't expect everything from it. We just can't. We have to realize is that the way you use an AI system is to train it. But half the time, people don't want to go through the effort of training. They just don't. Why? I guess the best example I can give you is if you ever use like Dragon Natural Speaking or any of these, uh, you know, uh, speech to text um, software systems, they're not perfect. You sometimes have to put in a few hours of training, and then it gets better as you go along. Then it tries to understand, like, what's going to happen. Is this? It's the Microtech uh, hand scanner. And the thing about the Microtech hand scanner. Um, is it used something called stitching? All right. So what the Microtech hand scanner did is um, it was this device that you would scan one side of the page. And then if you came up, you would scan the next side of the page. And you had to get them pretty close because if you didn't, you know what happened? you would actually have a problem. And that problem would be um, a real issue. The issue is that people don't, 
don't quite understand. And so when you scan one side, scan it aside, I will tell you that it then had to use stitching software because it didn't have the ability to scan the full page. It was just a half page scanner. And so you scan one column, you scan the next column, and then it tried to stitch them together. But there was almost always errors. Was that AI? No. Um, it was trying to recognize patterns. And if we want to say it was very primitive AI, I mean, it was so primitive, it wasn't even really AI. It was still the very entry-level point. Taking this, taking that. Where does the pictures intersect and how do we stitch them together so that they're one? Sounds simple. I remember um, in my senior year working on a project to do pixel manipulation. Now, that doesn't sound very hard, but when you're manipulating things at the pixel level, you have to now go through and read every single pixel and create a procedure to read them. So you could change the color. You know, we go to something we select. You don't realize what effort is involved to make something a certain color or to change the pixels on your screen. We take that for granted. Hey, guys, it has been a blast being with you guys tonight. I hope you'll like, love, support the channel. Definitely comment below. Tag your friends, colleagues, and associates. Share this out with everyone you know on social media. Go to BelieveMeAchieve.com. Click on the link, help keep our content free. Make the choice. And buy my team and I a cup of coffee, a bowl of fruit, or a scrumptious bowl of desserts. Either way, we're going to be grateful. Those pennies and dollars will invest them into new hardware, new technology, new equipment, new software, even new facilities to give you the most jaw-dropping, impactful content to allow you to be empowered and change your life. I'll see you guys next week. If I don't see you on another one of my other amazing videos or newsletters or even my articles, just check out BelieveMeAchieve.com, and I'll see you guys real soon.